thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Oh boy, number 167. 167. 167. Yeah, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I am Rich. And I'm Earl. Oh, he's What's back. What's up, Earl? Earl came back. We asked him back. He came. Glutton for punishment. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if this is the best <laughs> week to come back. <laughs> oh, I know, but, right? <laughs> actually, it probably is. Well, okay. So this is the week that we found out. Let's just dive right into this subject. There's no dancing around it. <laughs> Should put get this a snorkel. Is we, we finally found out, put what, out some goggles. what was in the report. We had heard rumors about Trump and some prostitutes, and these were going, these were being passed around like, uh, well, granted, uh, you know, senators and and uh, and uh, uh, representatives who were on the other side, like a joint burial, be passing around passing in a week around these rumors of, allowed to. of what was in this report, and BuzzFeed just came out and said it. All right, he likes to see prostitutes piss on beds. But I mean, Buzzfeed's like, hey, listen, we don't have any journalistic integrity anyway, so let's just go with right. it. I, I think the, the the journalistic integrity argument is almost moot at this point, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you had Shepard I mean, Smith getting all pious. On. You can just say, well, we're not okay, so we're not journalists then. Uh, we're just passing on information the same way, like, uh... Oh, somewhere in the last decade, they have ceased to be journalists. Maybe even more so in the last five years. The only people I think that's got anything left is the AP. The AP is the only thing where you're still going to find who, what, when, where, and why most of the time. Right. And also, I mean... Passing on news, isn't that just, like, gossip queens? Yeah, no, it is. Although... There, there's the argument that is made that, well, they're not. The news isn't that they're saying that this happened. The news is this is the information that the intelligence agencies have. But how does that give you any insight? I don't know how they, know how they got it. <laughs> how does that give you any insight into what type of case they're putting together or, or what information might have been in that report that might have been negative towards Trump. You can just say they have some bad shit on them and nobody's talking about it. Oh, by the way, That's, what in the hell could Tom Arnold be sitting on at this point? The, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold's been talking about for the last few months. Oh, he's, he's sitting on something crazy He's about got a Trump. surprise, right. I thought he would have said that already. I would, at this, at, what are you waiting for, Tom? He, how is he managing to keep that in? That's a miracle. I know, right? Could maybe it's just a shtick. I mean, the man, the man like usually has no filter. But this was another one of those weeks where I just sat, Mandy and I sat and looked at each other. And we're like, we live in this country. Well, it's one of those kind of you kind of just face palm. And you're like, wow, yeah. huh? All I think right. we're kind of at the. I think we're kind of at the point where because it's <clears throat> there's different. There's different groups that are taking credit for the, the breaking the story, getting the story out, however you want to look at it. 
Um, Wait a minute. You have, breaking you have which the, part you have of the, the story? The usual suspects over at 4chan claiming that, you know, they're the ones that started the rumor. They're the ones that got the ball rolling. Oh, okay. But, can, but for clarity, though, you're not talking about actually breaking the story. You're talking about starting the rumor. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. And right. then you that have... All this that was supposed... That all this information that came from this uh, uh, agent, this British intelligence agent, uh, was actually fed to him by 4chan, Right. That's what that's what the people some people at 4chan are claiming. Now people you now you can dismiss them out of hand if you choose to. Well, but I happen to know a few people who are fairly tech savvy and have dipped a toe in the water over there. And if you remember about a year ago we were talking about this, maybe a little bit longer, with Jay. And Jay was like, I, I don't fuck with anonymous because those people will ruin your life if you piss them off. They will hunt you down. And they will fuck your life up beyond belief. Do not fuck with Anonymous. So, I mean, there's they, they're claiming that, that they planted the story and got it started. And then you have an offshoot of... I hesitate to call an offshoot of Anonymous, but, I mean, the alt-right who said they planted it just to prove that the, the mainstream media is so thirsty for anything to fucking hang on Trump that they'll jump at any any chance they can well I mean clearly then, I, they're having a blast with it whether this is true or not all liberals are taking this opportunity to make jokes and have fun with it and get just get the shit off their chest all oh. this is anger Saturday Night Live is going to be up. spectacular this week <laughs> it has to be and and I, I think yeah there's I mean obviously that's that's what's coming out of this I think something that's getting lost in the reporting of this, maybe because it's too meta for oh, news to so report much. on this, is is in the last, what, year, year and a half, we have seen all news, no matter where it comes from, mainstream, uh, underground, bullshit like BuzzFeed, you know, or Breitbart, or whatever. Every Every news source can be as credible or as discredible as you choose to think they are. I don't to where, believe we could be a credible news source at this point. There's nothing. There's it's. We've gotten to the point where y- you can just go. No, that's that's not credible. That's not you're just like Trump did at his at his press conference. No, no, oh. you quiet. You're fake news. You're you're quiet. You're quiet. Right. Like a little like a little child. He was having his little temper tantrum. But but I'm like, that's listen, fucking CNN, dude. He, he's not setting the tone for that in that way. He's setting. He's he's actually uh, following the example of the people who voted for him because I work with a lot of Trump voters and I told you before about this, how they all sat around one day and complained about, well, I, I can't even read the news anymore because so much of it is fake. And then they started pointing out all these stories that they disagreed with but were from reputable news sources. They were like, this is fake and this is fake and this is fake. And I'm like, you can't just call everything that you wish wasn't true or that you disagree with the points that they're making, fake news. See, this is where the conspiracy... Just like it's, <laughs> if you've ever seen Undercover Brother, this is where Conspiracy with- Brother inside of me starts <laughs> popping up. Because it, this is just perfect for a way for our enemies to completely discredit the fourth estate in this country. Because it's almost happened. I mean, all, all it would take is, is, is some people who are motivated... And have a hard on against 
America in general to just to just start doing this shit, and we're dumb enough to, to grab it and let and, and snowball it ourselves. We push the snowball down the hill for them. They just put the snowball at the top right, of the hill. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's now it's like you said, Aaron. Oh, I don't like what this what what this news reports. It's fake news. Well, what about for X amount of years you've cited them as a reputable source? Well, whatever. I don't feel that way anymore. And we're right back to, like we've talked about so many times, feelings trump facts these days. And it's yeah. not just for the special snowflake crowd anymore. Now it's for the fucking angry white folks, too. But, you know, the press only has power with the backing of the people. And I think you find a lot of situations where the people have either ignored or has been satisfied with the status quo when it comes to what they read in the press, whether it's on newspapers or television or radio and i mean if they really if they were really upset over what they were hearing from the news then they would do something with their vote and vote for people who would be accountable so we're we're, instead as a nation we we tend to vote for people more who say i don't have to be accountable to anyone Uh, you voted for me because i'm strong and i'm a leader and that's what the fuck I'm going to do. And I don't have to answer to anyone else now. That's it. You elected me the leader of the most powerful country in the world. That makes me the most powerful man in the world. And by that respect, nobody can question the decisions that I make. I see, I don't think that's how that happened, though. I think it's I think, more the well, fact I, of... He, he comes out, and he did this when he, when he was running. He comes out and creates a scene. Because if, in fact, CNN is bullshit, well, he's going to call about it. But if they're not, they're not going to do any good stories about him. So if he could discredit him before he gets in to be president, then anything CNN runs on him, it doesn't matter. They're bullshit. Right, it's already fake news. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as in high school. You know, you take a jock and the jock goes up and runs for, you know, uh class president or something the nerd over there is going to go but i did your homework shut up nobody likes you (laughs) stop trying to stop trying to drain my kool-aid you know right and then okay nobody's going to listen to the nerd who did do his homework who did make him you know pass english and he's just going to go ahead and become you know class president well he feeds off of it too i don't think that's what everyone keeps failing to grasp megan mccain uh, John McCain's daughter, she's a very vocal Republican mm-hmm. critic of Trump, came out after the whole Meryl Streep thing on Sunday and was pretty much said, knock it off. This is how you got him, and you're going to get him again if you keep doing this. Like He feeds, up to, he, he just, he right. feeds on everyone freaking out about it. Yeah. He is, I, just, like, just like, and I've said this before, just like Nixon was a vampire for power, he is a vampire for controversy. And he, for some reason, he is fucking Teflon when it comes Dude, to this Dude, he's a bully. Shit. You know what you have to do with a bully? You, would, you know what drives a bully crazy? If someone used to get bullied when they were a kid, ignore them. That drives the fucking crazy. We're not ignoring them. We keep fighting, uh, we're, we keep fighting them back and acknowledging them. If we, it, they ignored Donald Trump, and now he can't be ignored because he's the president. I, I think he has tendencies of the bully in him. But what I see more so is, well... This is a guy who probably threw out most of his life. Nobody really expected much of him. He was born to a rich dad, inherited a business. You know, you don't 
you, you kind of expect those people to fail and you're surprised when they succeed. Or at least that's our, that's our society's vision of that. We like the person more who builds themselves up from nothing. Was he the prototype for Billy Madison? And, and I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong with either scenario, but it, so he, he kind of made his success based on fuck everyone else. Everyone else thinks I'm crazy or I'm going to fail or they don't see the bigger vision. And that has worked very well for him now. Now, that is I not a good attribute president. to... Not, that is a, not a good a, a attribute to have as a president. may have got you to the job, but it's not a good... It's not a good personality trait to have when you're actually doing that job. But... I don't see how he could do it any other way. When you have one mode and that mode has gotten you everything you want in life, how do you turn away from that? You don't. That that you don't. fuck everyone else. Nobody sees the nobody I mean, it's been nobody work, sees the bigger picture that I see. Right? It's uh, he reminds me of the person who and maybe maybe we, we all know a person like this. I know I know a few who life in general hasn't been all that hard for, but they're just, it, they see everything as a personal attack on them. They can't handle criticism. Well, yeah. But they, can't I, handle, they, can't handle, they can't handle someone going, hey, you know what, wait a minute. Maybe you reacting this way isn't that good of an idea. You shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But, but I, I know it, what I'm talking about. It goes one step further in the respect that if you are criticizing him, that means he must be doing something right. Because you're just one of the many people that told him in his life that he was crazy or stupid or whatever and couldn't do this or that. I mean, it, on paper, none of his shit makes sense. How do you, you have property and, and, and uh, fucking golf courses and stakes and what? And you put your name on Wine. shit? And how do you make it? What, how does this fucking work? Like, it is purely driven by his personality. Everything in his business. Well, watching, you know, a year-end recap from uh, Real Sports on HBO, one of the stories they covered was him trying to set up, like, a, you know, one of the best golf courses in the world over in Scotland. And he basically fucked that up so bad that you know they're talking to the you know the, the people that he dealt with over there and they're like so what is your opinion of Donald Trump and they're like he couldn't get elected dog catcher in our fucking country let alone president so you know and this and and they go this isn't an isolated incident he, he comes in to situations that are already starting or are established sticks his fingers in the pie fucks the pie up and then blames everybody else and walks off and, and and walks out smelling clean like a rose. He did it with the USFL. Hey, stop fucking the pie. I mean, that's what he does. But when you're the only one who sees the big picture, that means everybody else is expendable. Sure, it's horrible what happened to some people, but, you know. He's the perfect president the for the millennials. You're fired. Yeah. I'll give him that. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to come to grips with and and, and pull their head out their ass. Um, there's a lot more support for Trump from younger people 
who would fall under the millennial, you know, tag, mm -hmm. then the media wants to give it credit for. Okay, the media after the election, especially the 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 left, the the left leaning media did everything they could to put this at the feet of old white people. This is old white people's fault. This is how come we have Donald Trump. They didn't want to take a look at themselves and see, no, if you walk around labeling everything that you don't no. like, some sort of ist or phobe, that you're, that, okay, look. I the hardcore 20-somethings right, that voted help, for him. Help, I'm being repressed. The hardcore right-wingers, you're never going to fucking change their mind. Okay, just like the hardcore left-wingers. They've got their heels dug in. They're not going to change their mind. You try to talk to them, they stick their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. Fine. Yeah, Bernie but, Sanders and Ted okay. Cruz are never getting lunch together. Ever. But what I'm well, okay, and but, but okay, but people, just can I counter and, that real quick? Because that's yeah, go ahead. that's everyone in both sides. <laughs> I, I thought I said left and right. Oh I You did. I thought okay, I misheard. I heard hardcore right wingers. Do I hit this again? No and, and hardcore <laughs> no. left wingers. <laughs> I take it all back, continue on, sir. I'm sorry to be in an interruption. My my problem is the people that are in the middle or the people who are on the fence or just the people who I guess like me, the older I get, I guess the more I'm starting to realize I'm a moderate. You know, you got to show me something besides name-calling from either side. And the left just loved labeling everything that they didn't like as some sort of phobe. You know, you're, an, you're a racist or you're a, this a phobe or whatever. And they can't see that, like, you're alienating people who would be on your side. Yeah. Okay, you, you don't... We, we've went over this ad nauseum, but it's just the fact that they're not getting it is amazing to me. And, and it really is, like you said about John McCain's daughter. Do you really want another four years on top of the initial four years? Because that's what you – do you want eight years of Trump? Because this is how you get eight years of Trump. Keep with your bullshit. Hey, I got, Keep a, walking. I got a message for both the right and the left. It's the same message for both of you, everyone on the extreme each side. This sucks is not a good strategy. Like, you need, there needs to be action. Like, just calling everything out and labeling and saying everything is better. Like, stating the obvious is not a good strategy. That just seems what both the extreme sides seem to do. There's never a plan of action. There's always just, it's just, this okay. sucks. It's okay. pretty much what the extreme. But I got to challenge you on this issue because you bring this up a lot. And I don't understand what the inverse is. What is the solution to not talk about issues that you think are worth talking about? No, just action. I, I understand that all talk and no action, in most cases, is worthless. Uh, I don't. But in the case of the journalist, it's all all talk is the the talk is the action, right? There's a lot yes. of action in the talk. So where do you draw the line? And it, I don't disagree with the overall sentiment, but it's too broad, right? Because then, you I, could, because then you can just use that to say, well, somebody's saying something that you think is incorrect or that you don't agree with. Well, they're just all talk just, and no action. What are they really doing about it anyway? If they think this is so worth talking about, what are they doing about it? What are most of us doing about anything? Most of us I think are there's, talking and viewing well, us Well, too. to Chris's point, everybody has said this sucks, and they did take action. Problem is, is they went right. to the extreme action. Yeah, they elect Trump. I think there's a very well, it was serious a vote based on what they knew they didn't want on a lot of people's part, and it's trickled down from the talking heads 
from the Republicans and the Democrats down into the everyday person's thinking to the point where if you present an issue to them and go, how do we solve this problem? Case in point, uh, I, I posted an article and I, and, I, and I made a statement about it and I said, now, don't come in here and start name-calling and throwing around cheap little slogans. Let's talk about how to, fit, how to, how to solve this problem. And the first thing that happened was from the, from the people that are on my friends list from the right came, well, this is the result of participation trophies. And then here come the check your privilege people. And I said, okay, no, you're both wrong. And it's intellectual. We're going to have to start doing this or else we're going we're gonna to just be in a stalemate that we're in. Right. It's intellectually lazy to say that on either side. That's well, a conversation ender. Well, it's not a way to start a conversation. Yeah, look at the current... Look at the current debate over what they're going to do with the uh, with the ACA, which everyone goes, "What? What's an ACA?" Yeah, the, Obamacare. Oh, you mean Obamacare? The, the quote unquote free health care that I, every time I see that it it, it drives me. It, 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 I don't know it's where, one you're of getting, those where you're getting just, free from. I know that's just one of those little things that I see every day. That every time I get my nose. Why does a- ACA doesn't say free in it anywhere? What are you talking about? It's not free, and it's no. And the government is forcing. Where are you, you getting this free from? Yeah, the government is forcing you to spend money. Like everyone has insurance now. Yes, that they have to pay for. And guess what? If you don't pay for it, you do pay for it. You pay for it on April fifteenth. It's a tiered system, and at some point, I believe... If you heard somebody say that this system was going to be free health care, then you heard wrong. It is rampant on memes throughout, especially with Obama going out of office. There's so many things coming out from people on the right about things Obama did, you know, on all of them. It says, free health care for everyone. No, it is not. You pay for it. You have to pay for it. On April 15th, you will pay for it. And the government has set you up to, after three years, they basically go, hey, it is now cheaper to have insurance and to keep paying us your fee. It is not free. Sorry, getting off topic. Yeah, I don't. That's ridiculous. I don't, where? I mean, you might have gotten some sort of plan, or maybe you got on the medic on Medicaid and got some, uh, you know, checkups for free or uh, some uh, generic medications for free. None, no, no health care is free. Nothing's free. Obama didn't give you anything you for free. About? He forced you to get insurance. <laughs> And then you got people, well, no one put a gun to my head. I'm like, if they right. did not. That's why you never saw it. Well, okay, but my example, though, to get back on track, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because we have the exact opposite of what happened when they were trying to put together the ACA. It, at the time, it was a bunch of Democrats saying, we got to solve this problem. This is a major problem. we got to solve it. And all the Republicans were like, don't do it. We told you not to do it. We don't have anything to do with it, and we'll vote down anything you do. And if we can't, we'll repeal it as soon as you're out of office. And now here they are in a situation where they're like, we got this problem. We got to do something about it right now. And what are the Democrats doing? Hands off. We're not even touching it. We don't want to be part of this process at all. You're just going to fuck it up. Well, you know what? They're going to do it anyway. So can we at least get something out of it? I got to say to you, Republicans, is my premium going to go back down? Probably not. So fuck you. Fuck no. It's doubled. It's doubled since the ACA went into effect. Tell- am I gonna get? Am I start getting money back? You gonna bring my cost down? No. Let's get the fuck out of like, here. You're telling it's me that like- somebody out there has a plan to replace it, and they're just not talking about it at this point. Yeah. Fuck no. It's just that nobody it's just has a like clue. Your freedoms. It's just like anything else. The minute they they start regulating that you can't do something, the odds of you getting it back are astronomical. Right. I'm I'm really 
if it wasn't for the fact that prohibition was so massively unpopular and it gave us organized crime as we know it in this country, there's no way it had been overturned. Can I give you, here's an analogy for you, okay? Imagine in a freak chainsaw accident, you hack your arm off at the elbow, okay? Oh, shit. Was and, I drunk? And a, and a Democrat comes over and says, oh, shit, we got to help you. And you go, okay, what can we do? Let's get me to the hospital and get this arm back on. And they go, well, we can't do that, but we can kind of bandage it really nice and make sure you don't bleed to death. And you're like, well, I'll take that. And then a Republican comes by and says, that bandage is shit and hacks another part of your arm off so they can have another fresh spot to attach it back at some unforeseeable point in the future, uh, by which time you'll probably bleed out. They just put it in the cooler. They got the playmate with them. There's my analogy for what the fuck is going on with healthcare in this country. Well, nobody nobody say- can get your arm back on, but at least we won't bleed out with the current system. I just I wanted to say that when I was talking about one of the things I posted, um, someone came back with, with something when I was like, you know, let's problem solve here. And, of course, the conversation, like I said, because the usual suspects come in with the participation trophy society. This is why we are here. And this guy came in and he said something that I, I, I've never even thought of. I'm just as guilty of getting hung up on these fucking buzz phrases myself. He goes, something that he's, I coach Little League, and something that I do is we have to give away participation trophies at the end of the season. What I do with my team is every player on the team gets a trophy that highlights their best attribute that they brought to the team. So if, you know, he was the best outfielder on the team, then he, he, he doesn't get a trophy that says participation trophy. He gets a trophy that says best outfielder on you know, whatever little league team he's on for the year he played. Right. And if he's the best pitcher or if he's the best fielder or if he had the highest batting average or the most stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, that's genius. That kind of okay. but that makes sense for something like baseball because it highlights how much of a team sport it is. But you, you can be the best it's... runner or the best hitter, but if the rest of your team's shit, where's it gonna get you? And and it also it it takes away the well everybody gets a trophy everybody's special it's like no it's actually saying you're the best at at, at doing something everyone's on this team because they're good at doing something exactly and it's going to hopefully I mean there's some people you just can't motivate but it, hopefully it's going to motivate them to go oh well then maybe I should strive to be even better at what I'm doing hey if I got best outfielder. What if I could get good enough to play the infield, or maybe I can get best hitter next time, or maybe I can, got it in me to pitch. But best something so warmer some, of the bench, something so little. Whereas participation, what do you do next year? Uh, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get an award at the end of the season anyway. I don't get a try. But do you do you see how many times we've we've talked about it? How many times it's been talked about in in, in media, and something so little for a solution that that no one thought of because we're all arguing about whether we should be giving these trophies out whatsoever. The truth is these trophies are here to fucking stay. They're not going anywhere. All right. Parents won't allow it. Leagues won't allow it. So instead of dumbing down to the lowest common denominator and going, hey, you showed up. Good job. Praise them for what they do do well. And that makes more sense. But we we like to talk about trophies and the everyone gets a trophy mindset as shorthand for a whole generation of people which is fairly lazy when it comes right down to it 
you know, we're definitely not, it is. We're, we're not talking about it's not trophies and everybody feeling like uh, it's communism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. No, you're you're right. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like the last few months with everyone talking about this level playing field shit, I want just Google Russia in 1940s. All right? right, that's what that's what you get when everyone is everyone's on a level playing or, field. Or again, the uh, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And then, well, our government would be more ethical about it. Really, right? Really, where you really do you think our government would? Right, right. Really, these are societies where you weren't even allowed to be the best painter. You're painted. If you painted something that was better than everyone else, then you couldn't be a painter anymore. You had to paint the traditional landscape or sunset or whatever the fuck people were into at that time and period rich i, I understand what you're saying about that and i mean because the trophies are here to stay eh, i guess it's a better solution however it still doesn't fix that problem because they need to go bottom line right. they need well, to go well okay then, okay but here's it, here's it my also problem here's my problem with that attitude specifically that ship has sailed earl yeah. Well, I understand. Okay, but you, but you, but hang you, a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You can't sit here and bitch and say, you know, that all of these news and all these arguments that you guys are saying when we start our kids off the way they're starting off. Because that's how you get to where you are. Like when I was in Little League, okay, we didn't get a trophy. What we got, it was taken out to ice cream. We got sat down and we got told we lost. Not that we're losers. But we lost. We got to do this, this, and this. We got to try harder at this. Losers don't and get then sprinkles. Make... We didn't even get ice cream unless we won. No hot fudge for the losers. Now, and if, man, you can't, I, if you can't I teach the kids how to lose, this is going to be happening and even get worse. Earl, I love that mentality. Trust me, I'm with you on that, but I'm, but I'm more with Rich on, unfortunately, that ship has sailed. It's just something. It, it's the, the bell has, you can't unring the bell. We're just throwing well, another I cliche you. here. And, and I totally understand what you're saying. And with that, you're not going, I don't care what the trophy says, you're not going to fix today's issues if that's the way we're going to think about it and continue about it. It's only going to get worse. Well, yeah. so I mean, I understand the ship sailed. We're not going backwards. Everybody's going to still get their trophy. So, I got it. So now we're back to problem solving. <laughs> right, it's the generation well, before it's, them. We uh, have a, we have a generation of people coming up that is more accepting of a wider variety of people than probably any prior generation to it. But is also so but, about it. but is also very secluded in its own uh, network of people. They have uh, a certain association, and they find other people online that agree with them, and. They'll tell you how the world works, but they haven't experienced so, it. I mean, they could give a fuck else if somebody else is gay or trans, this or that, or how they identify or want to be called. But if that's not part of their their peer group, they're not even communicating with these people. An other kid so, raccoon. I mean, there's there are a lot of positive things to be said about millennials. It's just this one major thing. They're, that creates this insular, insular thinking. Their one flaw is a pretty big one, is what you're that, saying. That allows them to uh, do this, what we were talking about earlier, and look at news and information and decide that 
this one agrees with my current mindset and must be true, and this one says that I might be wrong, so this must be fake news. That's what Barry Obama's is talking about not in his even, farewell speech. Not even just I disagree with the premise of this story or I disagree with the with how this happened or what this is really about, but just saying it's outright across the board fake. You watched the president, didn't you? Right. So he he had a whole two minute spiel in his speech about that is I watch, is there I, so many news sources we're just accepting in it rich, you know? I, I, I instantly it was like, oh, I, I looked at Mandy. I was like, Rich said that like two weeks ago on the podcast. All these you have all these news sources and people just yeah. But th- this is what I all right. Here's I got enough things to corroborate what I believe mm-hmm. in. We'll put them here. Everything again, else, fuck them. But if we're talking about generations here, I mean, how can you sway somebody from that? Oh. No, you have to trust our old news sources because these new news sources that you people are following are, are distributing fake news, and ours are really reliable. Now, that may be a true fact, but it doesn't change the way anybody in, a, in the younger generation is going to feel about it. Oh, I should only trust what your generation is telling me and not what my own generation is telling me? Yeah, we've heard that one before. Don't trust anyone over 30. That was a, that, that was a hallmark right. of the boomers. That's right. Well, it continued on. <laughs> the, yeah. The, trust continu- the distrust continued. Oh, someone on social media a few months back uh, said, don't trust anyone over 35. I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. One of the Did things... You call him an th- ageist and, and, and screen capture the picture and send it to her family and work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, then you're not doing God. your duty on the internet. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's a that's another subject. We we we, we don't have to go yeah. down there. Actually, I just no, no, no. I I know. I'm just because it's. I got a whole lot to say about that. That's some bullshit. It, all I got to say is when when I've had that thrown at me recently. Well, I'm going to screenshot what you said and send it to your mother. Well, you better get some serious smelling salts and space heaters because the bitch is dead. You got a line to Jeebus? Well, you what know, if I send it to your father. And, He's been dead even longer. So, I, and talk about like, uh, and what are you, you going to run and tell on me? Really? Like, exactly. You are an adult person, right? I guess I want to try and get the final word on trophies, though. The the trophy thing or the medal, or everyone gets to be told that they're the best at everything, or it, it it's going to burn itself out whether it goes away or not, because it loses its meaning after a while. Now, look at. Biden, did you see him weep real man tears getting that presidential medal of honor? That yeah. was that was amazing. Go watch that shit. Like I saw Barry Obama's tear up talking about his wife. He was yeah. Uh, the 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 meme no, that because, I like the best but, out but, of it is but that is meant something to him. He wasn't raised with like getting uh, medals and and awards for every little thing that he did. And when you do get an award, especially like the highest honor a person can get, you might argue. Uh, when you outside get, of the CMH, yeah, I guess. Oh God, can you imagine in like twenty five years a millennial yeah. getting that award? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, give me that award. Right. <laughs> why? Why aren't we all getting one? Why did this take so long? Right. That's right. Should have got this bitch two years ago. I assume that mine's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> that. The, you know, the the Biden memes have kind of jumped back up since that 
happened when yeah. you got to the Medal of Freedom. It was really touching. One. I don't. I don't want to even crack a joke about it because, like, oh no, you're gonna like was, this one. I'm telling he, you, dude, because it's 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 Obama. He's putting it around his neck, and, uh-huh. and Biden's kind of looking up and off into the distance, and you can still see like the tears in his eyes. And at the top, it says Biden saying. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall. And Obama goes, this doesn't make you Green Lantern, Joe. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I told you. I told you. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> No, my, my thing with the trophies is is the best way I could put it to you, Aaron, is okay, like my sister, for example. Terrible childhood, right? You heard that, you know, the g- two generations before us, they walked to school uphill both ways. In mm-hmm. snow. Right. No, no in shoes. snow, right. And so now our generation, we get we get the well, if I did that, my mom would have smacked the hell out of me. If she would. A lot of people in our generation don't like how they were treated as a kid. And like my sister hated it, hated it, hated it so much that when she had kids, which are now the millennials, she tried so hard to not be our mother. I've, I've met so many people like that. I'm not, I was, I'm not a victim of abuse. Like a, a lot of people unfortunately are, but I do see a lot of people go there. Sometimes it does just continue to pass on down to the kids. But usually people that manage to get themselves uh, together enough to be employed and keep a house, uh, if they're having kids in that house, they're not raising a hand to them. They are pampering those kids and making sure they got everything that they fucking need. Right, and that's how you get this mentality of the millennials. Right, it's a, it's a, uh, an extreme overreaction. We're overcompensating. Right, you try so hard to not be your parents that you're the exact right. opposite, and it's, which is just as bad. Right, but how could you blame a person in that situation again when if you even try and punish your kids – you remind yourself immediately of yourself as a child being punished by your parents. Because I look at myself now and go, do I like how I am now? Oh, I right. do. Come here, you little shit. Right. No, <laughs> right. I have that luxury. <laughs> but somebody who wasn't raised right, basically, you know, yeah, they're either going to go to one, one to two extremes. They're going to be abusive to their kids in some way or another, or they're going to be so pampering as to do them disservice when it comes to the real world. So they're going to they're going to repeat the cycle or break it. Basically, no, they're going to repeat a. They're either going to repeat their own cycle or they're going to create a new cycle of bad behavior. It doesn't neutral out, right? It doesn't cancel out. Oh, no, just they'll, they'll repeat the cycle of their parents, or they'll right. break the cycle and overcompensate. Right, but. And- you know, something that recently was said to me, I was having a discussion with a, a person who knows me probably better than even my own family. Um, and we were talking about some of the traits I have. And I said, you know, I don't, to me, part of growing up is recognizing traits in yourself that you don't like and doing your best to get rid of them. And for me, at least, part of that is understanding why I am that way. 
And this person flat out looked me dead in the face, didn't blink, didn't take but a second to come up with this answer. And they said, it's because of the abuse you went through when you were a kid. And I'm like, wait a minute, really? You think that colors everything I see? And and she goes, yeah, yeah, I really do. It's when you are a kid and you go through, and I'm not talking like your parents smacked you on the ass or your dad got a little overzealous with the belt once or twice. I'm talking like abuse, you know, neglect. That type of stuff. When you go through that, that fucks with your head so much, and it colors everything you see for the rest of your life so much. Case in point, you deal with when it, I, when, which most when, people don't. Like it took me, a, it took me a long time to realize this. The women in my family were much more physically abusive than the men, and so when someone says domestic violence, immediately the first thing that pops in my head is my grandmother beating on my grandfather and my mother beating on her boyfriends and my dad. Right. And when I hear, you know, child abuse, it flashes back to my mom wrapping a phone cord around my neck and dragging me around the, you know, the house or beating me with a plugged in curling iron. Like, and it, 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 because I was so up in my own shit, I was like, doesn't everybody have the same like mental image that comes to mind when these words are said? No, they don't. Some people grow up in homes where mom was, you know, the type of mother had to walk on eggshells to keep from getting the shit beat out of them by dad, and dad beat the shit out of all the kids. That wasn't how my family was. And so, you know, I got to step outside myself and outside of my experience and realize, okay, other people have had different, even though ultimately it's all the same, it's abuse of some sort, they've had different perpetrators. And they and that colors the way they see the world, just as it colors the way I see the world. And I think people get so hung up on, they get so hung up on. I don't want to make the mistakes my parents made. That, like Earl said, they go so far to the opposite side that it, it it's it's you can't be your you can't be your kid's best friend. It's just not growing up. Okay, I I, I don't know any other way to put it. Growing up, I, I I was friendly with my dad. I respected my dad. My dad, I can count on one hand the times my dad ever put his hands on me. And but. As an adult, we became friends in a way that my mother and I never did, and I think it's because he he didn't go he didn't he didn't he didn't go to such extremes, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't okay. I'm going to be your best friend, or I'm going to be so lax with you that you know you can do whatever you want. But then on the same side, I knew if I stepped out of line, he was there to jerk a knot in my ass and get me back on the right track. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I'm going to ignore you or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And those are your two options. And so what option are you going to choose? It's better to be ignored than to have the shit beat out of you on a daily basis. And, you know, so like I'm talking with my little brother. He, he, my stepmother was very much, when I was living with her, very much against corporal punishment. And he, I just found this out, you know, the man's 25 years old. I just found out that, you know, she whooped him a few times. And I'm like, she did? What did you do? Did you kill the dog? I mean, how, how this woman is totally against corporal punishment. And he's like, well, you know, I didn't deserve it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But and he, his, his thing was, he resents her to this day for it. And I'm going, because you got spanked a few times? Like, is, is this? But then I think he got coddled. He got coddled constantly. He was always told he was special. He was always told that he's the smartest kid in his right. class. <laughs> By his mother, and you're you're such a smart little man, and all this, and it's like right. His, yeah. his problem wasn't the abuse; it was that he was always told that he was good no matter what. 
So if something's gone wrong in his life, it can't be his own fault. It must be somebody else's fault. And right. he, he points the, the incorrect finger at his own mother. Right. And then you look at our president who says, no, you can't talk because your news is fake because you're going to hurt me. Right. No, I could. What's important is that yeah. I feel safe, insulated, and respected, not that we solve any issues here today. Well, I mean, that goes back to the whole one week. One week from you today. Know, and that goes back to the whole we throw out these, <clears throat> these buzzwords and buzz phrases. The Rockets performance. Oh, yeah. The but I mean, it, they're going to play you, the, if, the Imperial hmm. March. If you've noticed the term safe space, you know, originally it was coined for survivors of some sort of abuse or rape or something like that. And it got kind of watered down and co-opted to where everybody needs a safe space from the, you know, people who are like, you know, super snowflakey. And then the right got hold of it and started using it in a derogatory way against those people. And now it's going to come back to where the people on the far left who are using it with genuine intent, are now using it as a slam against people on the right. Oh, that press conference, perfect example. Oh, a little president Twitter thumbs needs a safe space from CNN. Right. Yeah, they're kind of pointing out who the real snowflakes are. Safe space from idiots. Can we get it for the next four years? It'll it'll be this show. (laughs) Right before we hit air, I tweeted out, be your own safe space. Grow a thicker skin. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't be their best friend, but you can't also treat them like the ring from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, my precious. Yeah. Well, if just, you do, if, if, if you do, oh, boy. I don't even want to see that generation. Uh, that's how you get Dylan Roofs. That's how you get who? Dylan Roofs. Dylan Roof. The uh, gentleman who walked into the church in Charleston last year. Oh, I'm thinking Dylan uh, uh, Klebold. My bad. I mean, basically, yeah, probably the same mass murderers. What's, it, yeah. what's it with the name Dylan? It's a dumb name. That's what you get for naming your kid right. that stupid oh. shit. It's the new. Uh, it's the new um, Dwayne, isn't it? Or Wayne? No, Wayne is the most common name of imprisoned men in Wayne? the U.S. Wayne. Yes, and there's actually a guy in prison who's named Wayne. 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 <laughs> Wayne. Swear to God. Wow. But. Uh, yeah, the most. So uh, maybe that's the uh, the new one. Dylan, Dylan is the new Wayne. Dylan's the new Wayne. I don't see that catching on. Well, I mean, <laughs> once you have the majority of Waynes imprisoned in this country, start going like, after the Dylans. Pa- parents are a lot less likely to name their kid Wayne. <laughs> I'm always start going after the Troys and Tyler's. Troy, Troy. Aiden, Tyler, and, and, and Aiden. Aiden's got to go. I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know a few what was that whole George? What was that whole George uh, Carlin thing? What happened to good strong names? Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, Bob, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, but th- this is um, Generation Xers naming their kids, so they probably figure they're going to change it on their own when they hit 14. <laughs> the fuck does it matter? <laughs> Oh God! I can't wait till the, the millennials start having kids, oh, and then Jesus, and then it's going to be like that's my government slave name. Don't call me that. Their kids are going to be like that, and I'm just going to be like, oh, isn't it great? Isn't it great to have a fucking person who doesn't know shit about shit tell you that you're fucking retarded? That's what we've been living with for the last fucking twenty five years. Enjoy wow. it. 
Uh, no, millennials, their kids are going to be genetically manipulated to have uh, to be hermaphrodites, and then they can choose which genitals to keep once they can start making their own decisions. You know, there's something I'd like to uh, t- to bring up. Yes, I, I, I have no, I have, start being labeled as uh, uh, I don't know. They'll be they'll be phased have, out. Yeah, they I can no, no I practice no, their love with women across the nation. <laughs> I have no oh issue. God, that was my favorite Bush quote. <laughs> I heard that the other day. <laughs> they can't I forgot about their that love one, yeah. with women. <laughs> their love of women. <laughs> um, in fact, they get so, some women get three or four fingers of love from their OBGYN. How uh, many no, name Mrs. No, Smith? Would you like to know the sex of the baby? You know, just don't go, you dare. Just go whole hand. I, I you know, I. I have no issue with someone who is 18, feels like they've been trapped in, they're a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa all their life, and they no want to issue. do something about it. Yeah. I do have issue with parents giving hormones who? to nine, what? 10-year-old kids. Yeah, Who's me too. doing this? Idiots. You won't let your kid go to a gun safety course because you don't trust them enough. You won't let them walk to school because you won't trust them enough. You won't let them stay home by themselves at 10 years old. You don't trust them enough, but you'll pump them full of hormones? You're chemically altering their body in a stage where it is still growing. The body's still cooking, basically. You're, you might as well just be giving them a joint to smoke every day because you're fucking up their chemistry, giving them I mean, hormones at that stage of the game. To be fair, we pump the cows that produce the milk full of hormones, and then we go, drink your milk, it's good for you. Well, We're already yeah. stuffing them full of hormones. Yeah, but I mean, it's... It's it's playing a deity, if you will. You're you're fucking with science, yeah. given 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 a child that's still developing hormones. Well, I don't know if okay, Aaron, did you ever play little league, like little league baseball? I played t-ball. Were they juicing t-ball. in your little league? There, I was the pitcher. Well, no. <laughs> you got to have the thing with the face mask on it and the square in the middle. <laughs> well, no. The, what I'm getting at they is laugh. That, but that play didn't start till my arm moved. What? <laughs> yeah, everyone is waiting on me. What I'm getting at is I'm that, holding uh, my hand up and like chewing gum and looking all intense, like I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> what I'm getting at is when I played, I played for three years, and I'd probably say really starting the last year I played, they really started cracking down on kids the ages we were, you know, 12, 13, 14. Throwing curveballs, throwing sliders, because of the, the the motion you have to do with your arm and the, and the you know the wear and tear it puts on your on your excuse me your shoulder and your elbow etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And they found that when kids at these young ages who are still developing are throwing pitches like this, they tend to blow out their their shoulder, they blow out their elbow, they have to get Tommy John surgery at younger and younger ages. But and so they they, have they to get really shitty shirts t- attached to their body for the rest of their lives. What's Tommy John surgery? It's a it, part of your uh, elbow, I believe, right? They take yes, they take. Um, it's when the ligaments in your elbow blow out, and so they they re basically rethread with ligaments from, I believe, a cadaver. And um, it's named it, after the gentleman who first had the procedure. Thus Tommy making John, you a Frankenstein. A Monster, yeah. a Frankenstein monster. Yes. <clears throat> Ironically, is that they've they've gotten so good at the surgery that it now this is how he gets zombies, your, you know. So they always go it, for black guys' <laughs> arms too. <And> throw <laughs> it better, faster. 
but now they, uh, ironically, they've gotten so good at the surgery that it Jewish actually strengthens. Elbow, so I can count my money better. It strengthens your elbow better than it ever would have been without the surgery. So I get one of them Dominican elbows. I will throw the fastest. Sorry. But what I'm getting at is, hey, okay, so we won't let kids go out there and throw pitches that we know will destroy their arm or play football. Or oh yeah yeah play you know oh Bo Jackson came out. And said that he'd smack he'd smack one of his kids in the mouth if they said he wanted to, they wanted to play football, and you know, but yet okay, he found out baseball was clearly the better deal. You know, so even if he wasn't okay, getting so, paid as much, but you're ten years old and you feel like you're trapped in a in a in your boy trapped in a in a girl's body. Okay, we're gonna pump you full of fucking testosterone. Okay, isn't it? Does does no one remember what testosterone did to us when we were going through fucking puberty? Most Jeez. most teenage boys start they want to smash shit, fight and fuck. Unleash that it. beast earlier than it needs to be unleashed. You know, well, and so now now you're going to take a ten year old and you're going to pump a ten year old uh, a girl full of testosterone, and God forbid. And these are probably the same parents that are sitting there going. I don't want my kid on Ritalin, or I don't want my kid to get vaccinated, but pump them full of them. Yeah, yeah they buy the organic milk and the fucking uh, antibiotic and hormone-free meat. But yeah, she's gonna be butch. I mean, it's just. Well, I, I have a, I, I have a real issue with that, and how we medically allow that to happen in this country, ethically, let alone legally, I don't understand. I don't I mean, because. I, this I've never heard of anybody doing this. Really? There's a video going around on the internet. Truth, Rich. There's a video. There's a video going around the internet of a 11 year old girl whose parents for Christmas uh-huh. gave her. She opened up the package and it was her first uh, hormone treatment. Oh my god! To transition to a man well, or a male, because, I guess. Because she had wanted this apparently. Oh yeah. Oh, she's crying and thank you and. And it's being you know held up as like oh this is so progressive and this is how everybody needs to be, and it's like you whoa know, wait a minute this is a fucking child. I would have just yeah. came at it from like the Scottish aspect. Of, with nature. Listen, you're going to get a lot of free hormones in the next couple of years, and who knows what they're going to do? Why don't we see how those play out? And then if you need some additional hormones, we can see about getting you those. It's like washing your car when it's going to rain. Well, to me, that's just irresponsible parenting. That ain't progressive. It is. I'm I'm downplaying it severely. That's fucking with biology. It is. It, well, how about I mean, this? I, okay, you want to talk think- about fucking with biology? I mean, we have the ability to edit our genome now. You guys heard of CRISPR, right? What? CRISPR. Like where you put the vegetables <laughs> in the fridge? They basically tooled a virus that had the ability to take your DNA and snip out a section of it and replace it with something else. And we've been able to make this into a little workhorse where we can load it with a DNA sequence of our choosing and tell Custom it, kid? and tell it to look for another DNA sequence that it will find. And when it does, it will snip it out and stick in the DNA sequence that it brought with it, thus allowing us to change our own DNA. Now, this technology... Can I have a kid with the athletic abilities of a black guy? This technology is not theoretical or experimental. It is currently in use all over the world and is actually, because it is based on uh, a, like a, a virus, basically, it is so cheap to produce and do. 
Give him a 10-inch penis. The only thing holding us back from anyone doing this, from using this to make some super virus, to trying to uh, change the genetic structure of animals or humans, wait for or it. plants wait for or it. anything. I wait for it. The, wait o- for the it. only thing that stopped... What are you doing? Because <laughs> I, I think I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. Money. Oh. That's the only thing that stopped... Let's just say morality. It takes a lot... It takes millions and millions and millions of dollars of research just to figure out what type of sequence is going to do what in one particular uh, sequence of DNA. So, I mean, once somebody figures that out and says, hey, I figured out this uh, little splice of the DNA that will make your goat produce uh, spider webs out of its udders, and then you can go, oh, that's great. And then you mail order for a few dollars this... uh, you know, virus that you will inject into your goat and it will produce spider webs. And all you have to do is tell them the sequence, hey, I'm looking for this sequence that produces milk and I want to replace it with this sequence from a spider that produces, that allows it to produce its web. I can't be the only person who that sounds terrifying to. This is a real world example. These exist. Everything that I said is real and, and in current use and it is freaky as fuck. It's true. We're worried about GMOs in our food. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm right there with you, and I'm I'm against the amount of hormones, and I'm not necess- I'm not flat across the board against GMOs. I just don't think we do enough testing on them. Uh, but yeah, those are problems. But in the time it takes for those problems to come to fruition, we will have already had the ability to change just about anything about our DNA and manufacture, quote-unquote, perfect humans. I mean, really, at this point, the only thing that's stopping us from anyone having their whole DNA sequence is computing power, which is very likely to change. We've seen escalation in computing power at uh, at a very steady rate, but it has started to slow down because we're stuck in... in between technologies. Our current technology of packing as much shit onto a chip as possible without it overheating is reaching a limit, and so is our current battery power. And once those two things reach the next level, which they're already experimenting with uh, nanoparticles, they can tie them into knots, actually. They can take sequences of atoms and make it into long braided strands all put together on its own. And once we develop these types of technologies that allow us to escalate our computer power and process all this information and sequence anyone's DNA in the matter of seconds and be able to analyze what does what, we're, we're curing all diseases and making everyone whatever they want to be. So If they have the money. Not even. I mean, in the, in the immediate future, yes. In the next 20 years, when this probably starts going into action in real life, yeah, it's going to be the ultra-rich, just like it's going to be the ultra-rich that are the first to visit space. Eventually, it's just going to be the norm. and Perf- go- Perfect white babies right. everywhere. You'll have people going to the moon with their fucking... Somewhere in pre- eternity, Hitler will their, weep. With their therapy dog on their lap, farting the whole way in their sweatsuit. They're genetically engineered. But yeah, but they're genetically engineered dog. to be completely... Uh, disease free it, it doesn't oh, and, shit oh and everyone would probably be smoking on the spaceship too because fuck it 
You're starting to sound like you're like saying, "Be it Ford tough with Chevy stuff." <laughs> what? Well, this all <laughs> this all leads to Wally. You you guys, that's what I'm saying. You guys have seen you're, Wally, right? Like, <laughs> eventually we end up fat blobs floating around in space, distracted by entertainment twenty four seven. We end up uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. I run that one by me again, Chief. I said we end up Baron Vladimir Harkonnen from Dune. Just on suspensors. Oh, right. Around. Yes. Nothing. Thank you. Not, nope. A okay. Dune reference. Sorry. Man, I, somebody's going somebody's gonna to finally do that shit that right, right? Well, they sold the rights to Legendary Pictures, so yeah. Legendary Pictures apparently, I... Hey, speaking, yeah, I, speaking I think, of isn't entertainment... Isn't Mel Gibson par- partially owned? I'm not sure. I'm sure. Uh, I, I want to say, We're yeah, Legendary had something to do with Braveheart. I'm sure and, I don't uh, know. Braveheart Part 2, uh, the, 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 was it, the Patriot? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as crazy as Mel Gibson is, eh, he can do good movies. <laughs> oh, sure. So, eh, there might be hope for a Dune, a Dune movie here soon. Oh, but anyways, yeah, oh, sorry, wait. it was a joke that fell real flat. And uh, yeah, we spent way too much time talking about it now. Like you, we'll probably end up with uh, <laughs> like a version of Dune that's uh, uh, supposed to be analogous to Christianity or something like that. When we well, it, what's really interesting is if you ever really do- dive into the lore behind Dune, it really it, it you know it's it's roughly ten thousand years into the future, and it's. There's brief explanations of you know what happened between the society we know and the society that they're in, and right, a lot like of it a- has to do with with rise of AI, with the converging of basically the Orange Catholic Bible is a, which is their re- religious text in that in that world is basically a hodgepodge of Christianity, Islam, and Maybe some, maybe some like like Buddhist, Zen type stuff. It's just, it, it, you know, that it's 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 a mixture of all that. And then of course the AI they rose, took over, and we had to fight them off. Which is, I mean, that's that's an old trope in sci-fi at this point. Yeah. But I think sixty years ago when Dune was written. See, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think the more likely scenario is that. Well, what are we going to do with our perfect bodies and our our perfect minds when we have uh, perfect genes and no diseases and we have uh, artificially enhanced brains with artificial intelligence implanted into it? When everything is perfect, what do we have left? We have war. We can always fight over shit, right? And we're just going to war each other to death. <laughs> like, the, I, I think the more we're able to, unfortunately, stall our progress to becoming, quote-unquote, perfect people, the, the more we're able to stave off our own doom. Yeah, but that's what makes us human, is being imperfect, doesn't it? You can make that argument. That, I mean, thumbs and uh, reason center in the brain. Monkeys have thumbs. That's you. So pinkies. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, all I know is it's it's fucking terrifying to think about shit like because I just I I flash to the movie Gattaca to where instead of racial or 
or class prejudice it's now well here when you're born you have to you know we we, we take a sample of your dna oh okay well you're not you have this gene in you even though it's it's regressive maybe so you're over here you're part of the lower class oh well you 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 passed the screening you're here you're part of the upper class i mean it's manufacture a caste system that's 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 the stuff of like sci-fi nightmares right there i mean that's just because look you can if it's if it's based on money as far as how how far you can rise or ability there's always a loophole in the system. There's 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 a graft in the system. You can work your way up some way by hook or by crook. But if it's just based on the minute you're born, you're given a test, and you're just okay. Well, you're either this or you're that, and that's it. There's no upward mobility. You, there's not even lateral movement. How do we get you're back just to stuck wherever the fuck you're stuck. <laughs> like like Futurama, Fried the Delivery oh, yeah. Boy. Hey, you can have a. He's like, great! I get a fresh an opportunity to start fresh. The whole new career, and he gets his hand, his chip put in his hand. Yeah. It's like a uh, delivery boy. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Well, I mean, wasn't that kind of the, the beef with with Russia back in the day? Was that once, if you were, you know, as you were growing up and going through the going through schooling, if you showed, like, like if you showed an, a natural ability for hockey, they put you in basically a hockey school and you played for the national hockey team etc etc if you showed one for mathematics you were stuck over here and that's all you had like you had no choice once once your ability was identified but they were tools i mean this allowed them to prop these people up as examples and say see see what our society produces we produce exceptional people who are you know smarter and more athletic and and better people than other societies, not just because of the pe- of who they were, but because of the people around them. And really, it, it's not really it's not the case. They were you just took one person at an early age and bred them to be one good at one thing exclusively. And it's not like these people just started sprouting up naturally because of the communist government. Oh no, definitely not. And then the, the even the, to dive deeper into it, then you or you also have what you have in India, where if a you're caste just, system. Yeah, if you're born to poor parents, you're fucked. Yeah, no chance. I, the end. There, there's talk that this might be the last generation that adheres to a caste system in India. I mean, I don't see how much longer it could conceivably last in a society where they keep coming see, over here getting all our college. Right. That'll go away real quickly. I mean, just with the spread of the internet. Yeah. You you see a whole world of people out there who uh, aren't restricted by class systems and are able to be successful when they are born of nothing. As a matter of fact, again, that is the American hero. Right? We don't respect the Donald Trump overall as a hero. Because he was born to his money, we we tend to respect more the guy who pulls himself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, and well, historically, that's what we've at least gave lip service to. And and our stories, yes, exactly. Well, that's what's important because that's what we export our stories. I work with a lot of those people, man. Our stories, we like to think that there are. Well, our stories tend to reflect the best parts of us. 
the the worst parts of us, unfortunately, that's where we elect our leaders. <laughs> but well, you know, it's yeah. interesting you bring that up because so it's more it's of a do as I say, not as I do. We project so, an image of what we think America should be, but in reality, we you know, like, we, we like we, a little bit of oppression from our leaders, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a little we a little all, taste of the whip is good for the morale. <laughs> Keeps you in we line. All, Hey, makes, look at this. Well, hey, appreciate what you have. Hey, got those pyramids right. <laughs> uh, hey, slavery, get shit done. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. Slave, um, but no, it's interesting. Built, it's interesting you bring it up because if you okay, we all grew up in in and around Detroit, and in and around Detroit, it's it's kind of a given that if you go to a party store slash liquor store because they don't call them party oh. stores in other parts of the country, body that. Or, it's owned or a by, watcher back, as I like to call them. My friend. It's it's owned by like it's okay, everybody. from the Middle East. I'm Lebanese. I can say, I can do that. Well no no. It's Bye. I mean, but that's friend. That's you know, that's that's I'm not it's not even boss. Oh ooh, that's racist to say. No, that's a fa- it's a fact to say. If facts are racist, then so fucking be it, I guess. But one of the interesting things is one of the party stores that I grew up going to, I, I you know, and I and it's still in my neighborhood. And if I go there, it's the same people that I grew up. You know, when they were kids, they worked there. And I actually got to know the owners, and I and I talked to them. And I said, you know, how many? Don't you guys go nuts? Because it's just it's two brothers that run this place, and it's you two, and you work all the hours. And they said, well, no, because to us, when when our parents came here, they bought this store, and they said, okay, here's the deal. You go to school, when you get out of school, you come here, you work. Our entire family, our entire social life was built around everybody being at this store and working in some form or another. Right. And when their parents retired, they took over, and they did the same with their kids and their wives. And it's just, you know, people go, well, how the fuck, you know, wow, how the fuck you do this? They're stacking cash. Like, those, are, those stores are pretty profitable. Oh no! Well, not only that, but okay, both I mean, of them, both of them have uh, multiple Cadillacs they drive to work, depending on the weather. Well, well, there, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cases of it uh, of, of the business being passed down. But again, you're saying it's just the two brothers that were running it, right? Well, <coughs> for the, for the most part, right? Now it because so where's everybody at else at fucking school, getting their doctorate in some shit, getting real fucking jobs, you know? <laughs> But, but, but or, or back home in India, you know, re- reaping the benefits of the money coming in from from the store wherever, or but I guess or what somewhere I'm, what in I'm the get, Middle East, or. But I guess what I'm getting at is that when you're, you know, if 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 we had to work in a factory like with those type hours, most people would be miserable. But the factory jobs can isolate you from your family unless your whole family works there. When you own a business and it's a family business, the business becomes almost like a family member. Right. Okay, that's where you know you guys. Okay, you know, the wife works there, the kids, you know, work there, they spend time there, they grow up in the store, whatever. It's easier to put in those type of hours because you have your family around you. My grandfather had a neighborhood bodega, man. My dad and all of his siblings worked there. But this is interesting, Rich, because this kind of actually makes me think maybe the opposite of the point that you're trying to make. Because probably the biggest criticism that people have of the millennials as a generation is is work ethic, and that's kind of what everything that everything leads to. Like because you've been told you're special, because you've been given an award for everything that you did, you don't have a good work ethic. You're not compatible in most workplaces. 
And they also look at uh, the, the amount of people uh, in, of millennials that are, whether they go to school or not, in their 20s are living at home. And they look at that as they are not being successful, they are uh, lazy. Um, <clears throat> which now, I just want to say something real quick, no, which is but, shocking to me because two or three generations ago, that was the norm. You lived at home oh, until you got married. Right, and in most other countries, that is the norm. Like, it's not, not every... It's actually very rare outside of America to have this mentality of, you're 18, get the fuck out of my house. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. I've, and, when I lived in and Florida also, and I left home at 17, my Cuban and, and Puerto Rican friends were like, your family threw you out at 17? Oh, my God. And I'm like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> right. You get a high school diploma, have a nice one. And they see, and in study, I think it was Planet Money that I was listening to, and they, they did a, a survey of business owners who work with millennials and found that while... You know, there's mixed reviews because you got all different types of people. It's not like millennials are all one type of person, but it varied no different than in any prior generation. That overall, the same general amount of the, the the population in millennials had a good work ethic as in prior generations. So, I, it's our biggest complaints about millennials seem to be based on our own biases, I guess is what I'm oh, getting uh-oh. at. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> A lot of mine are based on experience with them in the workplace. No, and not just that. I mean, but, they're picketing a McDonald's because you're not getting paid $15 an hour? Yeah. That's the that's that entitlement that the millennials come I mean, with. If you showed that passion for dropping fries, you'd be making more than the minimum wage. But that's just me. All right, well... No. Okay, because 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 Earl, you kind of you kind of opened the door to something else that I wanted to to bring up. Um, that Aaron actually sent a cartoon um, in the group chat. Okay, yeah, the three employees. Yes, uh, it, and first of all, let's let's let, let me let me say how I've always seen this fifteen dollars an hour, and maybe I'm wrong in how I look at it. When you go in for a negotiation and you're trying to get as much as you can and the person you're negotiating with is trying to pay as little as they can, you both start with numbers that you're not going to accept from the other person. Okay. If I was going in to start my nego, if there was no minimum wage and I was going in to start a negotiation for my job and I asked for $15 an hour and he countered back with $5 an hour, well, common sense tells you that we're going to have to, you know, that's, no, we're not taking that. Yeah. You're going to have to meet somewhere in the middle. I've always looked at $15 an hour as the opening offer. And if you've looked at states like Michigan who have put in a graduated raise in minimum wage over X amount of years, ten, roughly 10 and some change seems to be you know, the, the, the middle ground. Going from, what, $7.25 an hour to what's going to be 10, $10.25, $10.50. Oh, you're talking and, about just minimum wage. Yes, yes. Right. So, well, you know, okay. but minimum wage only really applies to a certain type of job. And that that also is the type yeah. of job that appeals to your teenagers and and maybe even uh, uh 
people in their 20s going to school and want a you know part-time job and you have big corporations that it's not the manager you know negotiating they're like this is what McDonald's has said as your starting pay and here's your raise structure depending on how long you are here and and that's pretty much it but your small businessman he never wants to pay as little as he can for an employee there's very little benefit in him first of all hiring somebody that would work for $5 an hour or $7 an hour or, or whatever the minimum wage might be at the time. Um, I'm just let you guys finish. He, <laughs> most small businessmen understand that they have to find that sweet spot where they can afford to pay you what makes you feel good about doing the work. Yeah. There needs to be a, 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 a middle ground. Uh, if you're if you know that you're fucking your employee over, and at some point he's probably gonna go, oh, everyone else around me is getting paid a lot more. When I was a general manager, if that, if that guy's a good or bad employee, he's gone. When I was a general manager, and I was allowed to set my own starting pay rates, I would set him. I'd set uh, I'd set him a dollar above minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And guess who had a negative retention rate? Right, me. Because it shows. I mean, as soon as there's not a lot that you can do in that type of job. As far as, you know, go over minimum wage, but it does tell you something that, you know, I value my employees enough to pay them not just the least I could. And then as soon as the hammer came down from the company of minimum wage, the right. end, that is what you start people at. Right. You start, you start getting what you pay for. You start right. getting minimum wage people. Which, which your retention, I mean, how much do you save just based on retention alone? When you stack the savings, oh, up, yeah. your increased re- payroll to keep that retention versus the amount of money that you will spend in your own time processing people, interviewing, trying to find the right people, training people who leave in we- after oh, a week. absolutely. That is so much money invested and so much time wasted that that extra dollar per person per hour on, on your payroll may look heavy as a bottom line number. It's a savings. It is an overall savings. Now, here's where I am. Come from the other side because I've, I'm on the front lines of this. With well, but do you, but when you put it at 15, you don't give that type of ability to the business owner, right? Correct. They have the no choice but to start you out at in minimum. And forces you to run these insanely higher labor costs. Shit's gonna happen. The shit is going to roll downhill. That cartoon is going to come to... Right. Oh, we can't re- reference the cartoon again without actually describing it, though. It was very simple. Three employees. The first one says, I got a raise. And the second one says, I got a raise. And the third one says, I got fired to give these two a raise. I've been, There's your $15 minimum wage. For the last, since for the last three years now, I've been dealing with uh, people who have states and businesses that touch oceans. All right? Both oceans. And whether it's the state, the local, or the federal government, a lot of people, you see this McDonald's, or you see this Taco Bell, or whatever. You see this, you just think it's a big, faceless corporation. What a lot of people don't realize is a lot of these oh, are small many, business yes. guys. Yeah, You know, my, these guys put their, their life savings into this. They got one, now they got two, now they got three. This is how they're going to retire, put their kids through college. Right. All that stuff. It's no different as a business from a convenience store or anything like that. Now, the government shows up and just says, all right, uh, 10% increase in your labor costs, no choice. Right. What do you think is going to happen? I, I've, 
I've, I know I've spouted it a thousand times on social media and probably this podcast. If you hate big anything, if you hate Walmart, if you hate Starbucks, if you hate McDonald's, you should hate the, the higher minimum wage, at least for the fast food, because I always get caught up in this too. My bar is, can anybody do it, all right? Home health care workers, EMS workers, give them 20. I'd last. Right. I wouldn't not even. I wouldn't make it a shift on those jobs. All right. I see body right. fluid that isn't mine, right. and I'm done. Yes. All right. <laughs> the end. My buddy's wife used to do uh, uh, work in assisted living. The story she would come home with and tell us when we were getting hammered in the wow. garage. No way, man. I'd run into one old person sucking off another old person, and I'm out of there. <laughs> All right. Those people deserve now. Teaching an, someone to stand there and when the button turns green and it makes a noise, lift up the basket, <laughs> that is not $15 an hour. Okay, and I agree with that. However, the, the people who rail against $15 an hour, and Earl, I've seen you post these, these pictures on, on social media, Facebook, whatever, before, where it'll have like, the automated kiosk that you put your order in. Right. That's okay. what, I was going to say. That's what's, there you, there that's you, what's okay, missing hold on, from hold that on, current Hold too. on, hold on, hold on, And it'll say, there's your $15 an hour. Are you happy now? Yeah. Here's the deal. What happens when those things break down, and now you have to wait in line for 20 minutes to get your order, and you're bitching and complaining, because then you're going to think back to the days where if one employee was a fuck-up, you sent his ass home and you fired him, and everybody else picked up the fucking slack. Because once one of those machines break down, that's it. It's done until someone comes in and fixes it. You ever worked in a fucking fast food industry or a restaurant industry where something like the ice machine goes down? You ain't getting it fixed that day. No, but the point is, though, is uh, for people, if the roster is now 20 at the restaurant, that shit comes in, it's down to maybe 10. That's the thing. There's going to be less jobs to go around. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that the nature of it is going to be, well, they're going to try to run a skeleton crew no matter what. Okay, and, and the minute these, these automated whatever, you know, come in, they're going to run even more of a skeleton crew. So if the, the system, God forbid, the whole system goes down, you're shutting down your business until it's fixed. Well, it, it Because you're not going to have, 10 years, you're not going to have people that know how to do the fucking shit. And it might be one of those situations where they can't even manually input it anymore. But it, Unless it, they're running such an old point of sale system that they can. Hey, man, the, the big three will tell you they'll figure it out. It'll be rough the first few years with automation. Right. Well, well, also, you know, it's just going to shift the market because these these kids that are are going to would usually have worked at the local McDonald's, and now they only have a handful of people, and two of them are probably manager key holders, and mostly automated kiosks. So you don't get a job there, but you've also growing up with computers and your minimum that could be your minimum wage job is the kid who comes in and knows how to reboot the fucking automated kiosk properly and do the software update that it needs okay, there's or, or one some job shit like that compared to the you replaced one out of but, nine nine you know that used to be there that's I, that I just this, that's a side effect. Ultimate, I think people aren't seeing coming. Like I'm in the in, I work in the industry. It's coming. We're that's how we're we're preparing for it. Like these things have to be profitable, not just for the big huge monoliths, but to for to make it profitable for people like somebody who's saved up their whole life. Say, 
it's still got to be worth it for someone to buy into it. And 40% right. labor costs ain't going to make it worth it for anybody. But this, there's a definite lag in any generation when it comes to their education and the jobs that they are then expected to do in the real world. And that lag is going to, uh, well, it's, actually, those are going to come quicker and quicker as technology progresses. And so you, it's, and even in medical professions, I mean, as soon as you fucking graduate, it's like your schooling never ends. You constantly have to know, you have to, you ha- constantly have to keep yourself educated about your industry or your profession or whatever it is. It, the, just because, okay, now we have uh, a segment of the population who is unemployed because we automated our restaurants, because we shut down a coal mine, because we stopped manufacturing so many uh, bombers in, in a certain state. And, oh, my God, these are the things that are going to wreck the economy. But we also have uh, industries that are, are still desperately in need. Nursing continues to grow. And hospitals always need nurses, always. We are not anywhere near a point where we can say, we're full up on everything, okay? All the professions are taken care of, and we still have a lot of people out of work, so now we have to figure out something else. Yeah, but the starter jobs are going to be gone. But it's just not having the right workforce for the right economy. And that offset is going to continue to be more and more offset as technology progresses at a faster rate. Look, I think one of the things that get overlooked when we have these conversations is, and it's the big steaming pile of shit in the middle of the room that everybody steps around and acts like they don't see, is the fact fact that the salaries for the people who are in manufacturing, who are in production, however you want to look at it, whatever you want to look at, and the salaries of the people sitting in the offices – their salaries have grown at a rate that far outpaces the salaries at the at the bottom of these of these industries, and we never talk about that because we want to think of ourselves in America, no matter who we are, as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. That one day we're just going to put our nose to the grindstone, work hard, and through sheer rugged individualism and being American, you know. Open up a world of opportunity to ourselves. Hey, being white helps. Okay. And yes, that is the American dream, but what is a dream? Something happens when you're fucking asleep. All right? And a dream without a plan is a wish. And we got a whole lot of people wishing for shit. My problem is, why aren't we talking about the fact that CEOs are making 300 times what they made 30 years ago and the people who the CEOs are making that money on, on their backs, are making 15 times what they were making. What, what, why is one valued so much more than the other? Is it because of, simply because of education? Aren't we finding out now that when, the more we educate a society, that the less jobs there actually are for that? How many people Rich, would... <laughs> it's laziness. It's the same reason why we elect people who don't actually reflect our own interests. It's because we don't really want to take the time to invest. If you're, if you're doing business with shopping at a, a, a place that is owned by a publicly traded company, all that shit is public information. If you want to know how much everybody's making at the top tier at that company, you can easily find that shit out. If you want to find out about their practices and 
how they treat their employees. If any of that shit is important to you as to who you support with your dollar, then you will be aware enough to shop somewhere else. But okay, okay, you call it laziness. I think, granted, that's a part of it. Right. Because it's now, not any. I, I know, it's, but but it's not any one thing. But I, I do think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say because that that I. I don't mean to completely discredit those people who are restricted uh, by their own budget, by where they can actually shop, that it really comes down to where can they get the shit cheapest. I don't care who the fuck's making money off of this shit. Was it just vilifying, vilifying easier anyway in the long mu- run? Much, yes, much. The easiest <laughs> way out generally? I think it's just a matter of a, a lot of it comes from and it's a tinfoil hat time, I guess. If you're at the top, you know that there's someone always shooting for you. And the quickest way to eliminate the worry of someone coming up from behind and taking your spot is to keep the people underneath you fighting over the scraps you give them and fighting over nonsense. So let's put them against each other based on race. Let's put them against each other based on this. Let's No, no collective bargaining. No, 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 no. You're going to make this, and you're going to make this, and don't tell people what you make. I've worked for I've worked for people. They're like you don't you don't talk about what you make with your coworkers, and I'm like fuck. First of all, uh, motherfucker, that, we ain't making enough to fucking anybody to tell me what I can and can't talk about. Second a, of all, that's one another one of those notions like kicking your kid out of the house at 18 years old that seems to be exclusively American. Honestly, yeah, you that, go that, that you we go don't over talk Japan. about those things. We don't talk about what Japan. we make or what we pay for shit. You go over to Japan. That's they are very open. I've I have it's common courtesy to to oh uh, nice television. How much did you get it for? Exactly. You know exactly. So and I think that's part of the reason that we just we've allowed we've allowed this mentality to take over. That for some reason the people that produce the products or the people that do the labor, the more physically intensive it is, somehow they deserve less money. And the people who think up the stuff deserve more money. And the problem a lot of the times is, and I've worked in shops where we've had engineers who sit in an air-conditioned office on their ass all day in front of a computer screen, uh-huh. making six figures, hand us blueprints to build something. Hell yes, and that's us, what I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm and getting us, there. <laughs> and us, the lowly, uneducated plebes, mouth breathers, whatever they you know, however they wanted to look at it, would have to go and tell them this isn't going to work and we're going to tell you why we don't care what your computer program said this is impossible you have to do it this way computer and then don't send lie. it back up to them <laughs> my models but, work perfectly just build it <laughs> but the difference is the difference is the difference is the guy designing it is doing it in theory and we're putting it to practice right because we build the fucking things, and we can tell you this isn't going to work oh you run into it in the restaurant industry too sir is yeah you get things sent down to you that people in a fucking boardroom came up with. You're like, someone who came up with this never worked in a store before. Never right. Never worked in a kitchen. Who yeah. came up with this? You, you this can is use, dumb. You can use computers to build an algorithm for the perfect whatever it is that you want. But if you fail to incorporate the human element in your design, yeah. then it's never going to work in the real world. Exactly. When I was building parts, we had to every, at minimum... Every X amount of parts we had to check against a micrometer, make sure it fell within the range of the specs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it got slack with certain people. Me, I was anal about it. I always checked it more than the least, you know, the, the, the least amount they wanted me to. 
And as a consequence, I caught something that saved us all working another four or five hours, saved the company money in the long run. And, you know, it, it, there's, it was like, oh, okay, well, thanks, appreciate it. Really? Really? Like, I mean, do you understand we'd have had to run a whole, almost a whole nother shift, and that would have been overtime for us? And coming out of the, the company's money because someone didn't do their job? And because I, and I went behind and caught a mistake? And, you know, I don't even get a pat on the back of that a boy. But then I'm supposed to yeah. oh, but then you're supposed to be loyal to the company. We give you a paycheck for your work. You're supposed to, you know, appreciate that. Right. Well, you know. That goes both ways, man. It, that I just did someone else's street. job. Yeah. It's funny. We were ragging on India's caste system earlier, but we do have this society. The middle class tends to have this attitude of if you're. A lot richer than me, you automatically deserve respect. And if you're working a labor or service industry position, you deserve zero respect. Well, at, our- some point, at some point in our society, a blue collar became a, a, a prerogative term. Right. Was or it- not prerogative, excuse me. Uh, a derogative. Pejorative. Derogative. Pejorative? Okay, yes. yeah. Is it pejorative? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. But well, if you think about it, our caste system is all set up for the one below it to scare the shit out of the other one. Like the, the poor are there to scare the shit out of the middle class. The right. middle class are there to scare the shit out of the upper class. Right. Everyone keep in your places and everything will yeah. keep going on fine. Yeah. You fuck up, you go there. No! I mean, Earl, let me ask you a question. You have a, a bachelor's, right? I do. Okay. Um, how many jobs since you graduated have to do with the degree you earned? One. One. Okay. And with the d- degree you have, can you apply it to a career besides the main one that most people would go into? I mean, is it, is it, is it like a, a, is it type of degree to where you could do other jobs besides, cause it's in history, correct? Right. Yeah. I could be a teacher. I could be a museum curator. That's okay. about it. All right, and that education I'm imagining wasn't free and it wasn't cheap. Oh no! And this and this is something that I, I try to explain to people when they go, "Oh, I'm going to go back to school," and I go, "Okay, that's nice. What are you going to do?" Because here's the thing: high school, they keep their jobs based on how well you do on the standardized test, right? And they're not above juking the fucking system and juking the numbers to make it look like they're doing better job than they actually are. College, they got your money. Once you show up and once you pay, they don't give a fuck what you do when you're in yeah. there. All right? You want to go and you want to learn about some dead language that hasn't been spoken 3,000 years? Knock yourself out, get your PhD in it, and enjoy starving the rest of your life. Bottom line. And that's... I think that's what we've lost in society is... Not everyone needs to go to college. Trade schools. That's not a bad word. Okay, getting a vocation, that's not a bad word. You know, we have these for-profit colleges. They're making more money than college graduates right now, too, because there's such a demand. We have ITT Tech and all these, you know, for-profit schools that are are diploma mills that are churning out people who, if they're lucky, will end up somewhere in a cubicle making, you know, 40, 50 grand 
a year right. until the day they retire or well, die, whichever well, comes first. The kick in the ass for me is my job right now is pretty much that after-school job I had in high school. Yeah, I mean... Like, why did I waste time in college? <laughs> like, well, you if, know. But if you'd taken some of those same people and sent them to a fucking HVAC school, they'd be making fucking six figures after taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you go where it's in demand. You well, go out west to Arizona, you can't live without air conditioning out there. You know, there's another argument against the minimum wage. Okay. Um, let's say, okay, f- not that my example is perfect for this, but I work in what would be considered a skilled trade with zero education on uh, based on that trade. So essentially, I, I guess I would be like an apprentice. I was brought on at a much lower wage than what that position would normally offer to come in and train and learn how the system works. And when you have too high of a minimum wage, then you deter that uh, independent business owner from taking that kid who can't get the job now at the fast food place because everyone's making $15 an hour and it's all automated anyway and saying, hey, why don't you come on with me and learn some shit about carpentry or possibly even something not, like intern at uh, an office somewhere and get in that way. We're teaching, we're teaching a then, man to fish? And start out in the fucking mail room. Yeah. You know? Like, you're, you're not just eliminating fast food jobs. You're el- eliminating a lot of these entry-level positions into actual careers. And the flexibility that people have, compound that with employers' cost on health care and just processing an employee in general. And they're like, we can't afford to take a chance on anyone. Yeah. I can see, I can see that's see you coming from there. You're too expensive. We're too, it's too expensive now to take a chance. It's we too, did a sure thing. It's too expensive to have paid interns or apprenticeships or anything like that. So we're going to have to have some sort of trade school for this, right? If we're going to fill these positions that don't necessarily require a four-year degree but still need to be done and still can be very lucrative careers for many people in this nation. Right, but when I, when we talk about minimum wage, it's for minimal jobs. It's for, and It right. starts out for kids that are going to high school. The minimal work experience kind of thing. That's yes. why it's yeah, minimum yeah. wage. Right. No, I'm okay, not. The numbers, the I'm numbers not saying, don't bear that out, though. I'm it not saying I'm, that uh, you should keep the numbers low for somebody who's, uh, you know, done four years plus probably of schooling and then is looking for a job and they should make uh, less than $15 an hour. I'm saying if, if, if we're going to have to fill these positions that, that don't require a degree, then the minimum wage isn't helping those positions being filled. Not just at temporary jobs that you work, you know, before you find your career or maybe in su- during the summertime or something like that. For those who just, schooling isn't working out for them. It's just not their path or what they want to do. Well, I don't think anybody in like a, a craft or, or like something like welding or carpentry right. or something Those like that, they shouldn't make minimum wage anyway, whether no. they're an apprentice or not. That's a skilled trade. That's, a, you know, something that's going to 
be only very select people well, can sure, do. But, but if I'm if I'm a skilled trade person looking to expand my own personal business, and I bring on somebody that I want to be a skilled tradesman, but they have no skill at this point, I think I would expect to hire that person in at the minimum wage. Oh no! Uh uh-uh. uh no no. With the understanding that once they gain the skill, they would gain the pay that is in accordance with it. I don't think no, that's abs- un- I don't no. think that's unreasonable. That is unreasonable. Well, how so? Be- because I can go work at McDonald's for the same price you want me to go break my back. Yeah. I go drop fries 15 bucks an hour. I don't yeah. need you. Okay, but if if your trajectory is I don't need to fucking do this. It's come September, I'm going to school and I'm out of here anyways and I'm going to get some other job. But if you don't see that in your future and you're don't have a career and you don't have any education lined up, then the choice the choice if, between working minimum wage with advance. If you're going to train somebody as an apprentice, yeah. as somebody who wants to be in that type of field, and like I said, it's a skilled trade, carpentry, welding, right, right. that type of thing. All right, they're not they don't have plans to go to school. They don't have plans no, that's what to I'm do saying. No. Aaron, I just right. I think you are overestimating our our fellow citizens. That's How the so? thing. I just good good enough is pretty much becoming like the mantra of this country. You know, uh, what why why go risk shooting a nail in my foot for the same amount of wage where I can just coast dropping fries or sit at a teller and be a teller and ring people through. There's right. a lot of complacency maybe, in this country. Maybe it's just right. me. No, no I, I, I agree I because they don't they it, they see the the future selves being a carpenter and they're like, "Uh, just shoot me now." You know, I'm supposed to be a rapper. I can't do carpentry. Okay, okay, okay hold on, hold on. This is or how okay, about maybe it's just I do me carpentry and I, I, and I get I, a lot I'm of money normal, and I build not a studio. the average person. But I keep hearing MC Hammer. I, I keep hearing, you know, oh well, <laughs> these people are working, you know, minimum wage jobs. That means minimum effort, this and that. Going to hell. <laughs> I, I okay. Every job I've worked where I've had minimum wage, I've never had a boss. I've always had bosses that expect maximum effort for minimum pay. Yeah. And they have no problem telling you, yeah, I'll find can. someone else who will come in here and slave for me if you won't do it. Yeah, and I've been that guy. I've been on both sides of it. Right. Well, I mean, there and, you go. And, I, and so I end up going above and beyond. My problem is, okay, you go above and beyond, and you go, okay, I got to pay my dues. I got to pay my dues. Okay, we have this 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 bullshit in our head that you got to pay your dues to to get where you got. Okay, fine, whatever. I have no problem with it in in theory. The problem is, six months, a year down the road, there's no payoff for going above and beyond. There's no payoff for being the person who you know may come in to pick up my check and they're slammed and I work for an hour and a half off the clock to help them to get them through a rush and I don't even get a pat on the back, let alone a fucking raise. And especially when and you get tired of that, especially when you see people coming in who get hired in as for, for managers or shift lead and you end up training who ends up, people who end up being your boss. So what do you do? You leave and you go to another place where you have to start over again and start paying your dues there. Right. And it becomes a fucking, you get trapped in a cycle. Well, you, you know, to go back to, and, to the point I was trying to make about millennials and their work ethic and how that's one of the most major criticisms. People criticize millennials like they have no work ethic. And if they fix that, then, you know, that would solve a lot of our problems. But uh, it's not 
that they have a, an exceptional work ethic. Um, certainly, it's that the problem doesn't stop there, right? You combine a generation of snowflakes with uh, the previous generation of business owners who uh, most of them probably would have to a- adjust how they deal with their new employees and what they expect of them. And at the end of that line is the consumer and how much they actually expect to pay for whatever it is they're getting, you know? Um, you know, they, I had a thought the it, other day. It, there's nothing, you have to fix that whole chain in order to solve this, this future employment problem. I thought the other day about customer service. Yeah. We could probably all degree, agree it's a declining art form, correct? It, it must be because now when I get it, it feels so special. Yes. Like I go to, I go to pick my kids up uh, on Fridays and lately they love Subway. So we've been hitting up the subway by their house. And uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I believe, I'm not, I haven't asked them their nationality. They are uh, a couple of dark-skinned gentlemen that are always there. Brown? Um, yeah, brown people. I guess it's okay to say that now, or do I have to be brown subway? to say that? Do they guarantee you they're Indian? Yeah, I, they, I believe they are Indian. They have the mustaches for it. Um, <laughs> and... I get phenomenal service. And I'm not talking about the, like, oh, pulling my chair out for me and shit and, and like, yes, sir, and no, sir. It's just... Wiping your seat, putting a napkin down. They make my sandwich right. They, you know, <laughs> they listen to you. you and, low bar, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, it's not... A, good service isn't necessarily something I can always put my finger on it's just I know it when it's not there. My, my right? the, the absence of good service is when it's most evident. I agree. And well, my, well, my, my thought on service was, is it the decline of the people behind the counter? Or, ah, chicken or the egg, or in front of the counter? Is the service becoming shittier because we're becoming shittier people to wait on? Again, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, uh, it's a little, both. Yeah, little, absolutely. What is it? Yeah, what is it you always say? A little column A, a little column yeah, B? Little, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I can tell you when I worked in, you know, at, at pizza places. Little column Oh, God. Column the B. amount of complaining and calling about things being wrong or my pizza, you said it was going to be, someone said it was going to be there in 15 minutes and it was always, 35 minutes. You always And I'm like, I'm sorry, go ahead. You always overquote. It's easier to. Exactly. But, sorry. <laughs> it's it's yes exactly and, and then I have to then I have to okay now I'm taking this call and I have to help this customer and then after I help this customer I have to go to whatever fucking poster child for retroactive birth control that didn't listen when we said look fifteen to twenty minutes pickup thirty to forty five minutes delivery and if you have any question about it quote them an hour because if I get there in thirty five minutes they're going to be that much more happy yep. but if you sit why you would tell someone 15 minutes for a delivery is beyond me. Because from taking the order and hanging up the phone until we get it boxed and in the hot bag and out the right. door is 15 minutes most times. We didn't have your pizza like predicted in advance Brilliant. and just coming out of the oven when you called. <laughs> exactly. And so when people would call and complain, 
the first thing I'd have to do is, okay, we're going to get this taken care of. Let's see what Step we can do. Let's start office. off with, you know, what exactly fired. did you order? What was wrong with your order? Because a lot of people will call up and the first thing you say is, yeah, I just called and placed an order and had delivered, and it's all fucked up. Okay, all fucked up doesn't help me. I can't fix all fucked up. I need to know what happened. Okay, did you ask for your pizza well done? Did you ask for it lightly done? Did you ask for extra cheese? Did you ask for light sauce? What did you ask for that you didn't get? And you have to almost like a child treat these people and walk them through it. And I've been told so many times at the end of these phone calls, wow, you're so much better than the other people I've called your exact same shop when I've had problems in handling this. I'm like, it's because no one's been trained to handle this. Right. They've been trained to run the point of sale a computer up front, and the minute some shit happens, they turn around with these dumbfounded fucking deer in headlight, That's you know, looks on their faces ass. going, someone please come help me. Right. And right. I just go up and I say, hey, you know what? Go catch the oven. I got this. I'm sorry. What was your What was your issue? Oh, you had this issue? No problem. We take care of that real real quick for you. No problem. That's all you got to do. All you have to do. Right. That's that's Customer like, services treat them like you would want to be treated if you were on the opposite side of the counter. It, and that works both ways. Yeah, in most cases, it's really being able to remove yourself from the situation. That's what most, most people that work service industry can't do. As soon as somebody complains, well, geez, uh, why are you attacking me like this? And it must not be my fault. And you know, they want to counter with something and, and regain their sense of power during this transaction. And all you have to do is say, what, even if they're saying, fuck you and your dog, it's not about me or my dog, right? It's about their sandwich. Your dick, my mouth. And it's, and it's easily <laughs> fixed. All you got to do is listen to what they have to say and counter with a reasonable solution. And the exactly. whole, and the th- and the whole thing is over. The whole thing is over. And it's, it's interesting you but, bring up. Oh, the, you didn't that- ask for extra cheese. Where does that fucking conversation get anyone? You're going to counter with you didn't tell me you wanted extra cheese? You think that's going to end the... Oh, you're right. You're probably right. I'm just going to leave now. You know what you say? You never... It's just like... Okay. It's just like if you take a credit card number and you have to call them back because you've ran it three times and it's been declined three times. You never say your card has been declined. You always say, I'm sorry... We must, must have taken the number wrong. I'm going to read you yeah. back your number, and could yes. you confirm it for me? Uh, take, Racist. Th- take any blame that you can. I mean, exactly. That's all they look for. It doesn't matter. And it's, right. inter- it's interesting and, and so that what? Chris, maybe you said they, is it, Maybe you know, they go the home and they tell their wife about how they got one over. And, oh, boy, I returned this piece of crap to the store. They didn't even know. Oh, man, I complain. Who gives a fuck? You know, he's you know, going to go it, home and think about that. If you're saying you're going to go home and not think about that person, right? It's interesting it's, that Chris They're going like, to leave your life completely. Is it, is it, is it people behind the counter or the people in front of the counter? And I was just listening to a, a podcast with Brian Callum and Hunter Matz, and they were talking about how we, in the last 20 years, especially with the rise of the internet, the way we debate and argue on the internet is to win and we dismiss anything that anyone brings up that we don't like and we start hammering our point back at them and how do you win with a hitler analogy it well (laughs) yeah there's 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 that but (laughs) it just goes straight for hitler it's seeped into everyday life to where people don't have a conversation without the idea in the back of their head 
or even 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 uh, maybe a debate without the idea in the back of their head of I have to win this this debate or this conversation. And when you have someone who walks in with that attitude, and they meet someone with that attitude, you're going to have a problem because nothing's going to get across, and you're not going to get anything across to each other. Right. And if you're working customer service. The point is to minimize the bullshit you have to deal with and to as quickly and efficiently as possible get the person on the other side of the counter out of the store with what they wanted, how they wanted it, with a smile on their face as quickly as possible for everybody because no one wants to go shopping. Me, when I go shopping, I, I have an agenda. I walk in, I know what I want, I walk up, I get it, I go to the counter. If it takes me longer to check out than it did to get what I wanted and get to the counter, there's a fucking problem. Someone needs to be retrained. Right. Whether that person doesn't know the computer or that person, well, does, you know, whatever the fuck. There's also, if you work for a corporation, then there's the added uh, ability for that customer to just go over your head anyway. So then you just learn that whatever it is that you can do within reason for this person, just do it. Because the last thing you want is your boss calling you tomorrow and saying, hey, uh, corporate called me and they want you to do this or that. And it usually ends up being a concession excessive to what you they were asking for in the first place. And you should have just gave them what they want, never heard from your boss, never heard from them. Hey man, asking it, to see, asking to talk to somebody's boss gets shit done, right? So, it, so the insides of my Mac are all like a year old, and, and <laughs> for free. And if next month your boss comes back to you and says, "Hey, how come you gave away all this shit here? What's this big zero where you gave away a bunch of guitar strings? What are you just giving stuff away to customer?" And you explain the situation to him and how the, you diffused it before it ever reached his ears. He's gonna turn around and thank you. He kept shit off his desk. That's right. If 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 anyone listening to this podcast, let me give you a little insight into a small little window, if you, if you will, into the world of the pizza industry. Nine times out of ten when you call a pizza shop, the first thing they'll say is, can I get your phone number? They put your phone number into the computer, and unless they have such an old, shitty point-of-sale system, they could see everything you've ever ordered. And, and here's something right that... Now. I'm sorry. What, I'm sorry. What did you say, Chris? And what you're doing right now? Well, <laughs> not yet, but we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. But if you call, we put that number in, and we see that you are a repeat customer, and you spend money at our store. We're going to do everything we can to make you happy in this transaction. Even if you call with an attitude, if you call with an attitude, and it's your first time coming through the store, it's not that we're not going to try, but we're not as likely to hand you. $20 worth of food at our cost, which means that's not what you're paying for it. That's our cost to fix a problem. Okay. So you need to understand, you need to, okay, if I, if I move to a new neighborhood, I call this pizza place, I get my pizza, I ask for, you know, the works, no onions, and I got onions on it. Okay, call, say something, nine times out of ten, without, it, without any argument, they're going to give it to you. Some places will ask for the old pizza back. Some places won't. Doesn't matter. But if you call and you're in, in, right off the rip, the minute they answer the phone, you're the guns the Navarone in their face, you're not going to get good service. Yeah. Like That's just, like you don't like it, 
Take your business elsewhere because I'm going to tell you what. I've told customers who you can, we could not please, no matter what we did. We've actually had a list hanging on the wall next to the phone. We don't serve these customers anymore. And the way we did it was, sir or ma'am, and I hate to say it, usually is a ma'am more so than sir. It was, we have tried multiple times. I have every order you've ordered in the computer. And two out of three, there's a problem with, and we give you free food. Obviously, we're not living up to your standards, so we are not going to serve you substandard service and food. Please take your business elsewhere. I'll call the owner. The owner's right behind me. Would you like to talk to him? (laughs) Rich, you know why this is mostly women, though? Because the guy called, and she said, what happened? And he said, they said no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, Patrice O'Neill has a skit about he was black women get you free shit. He's yeah. like me and my me oh, and my Polish me and my women. wife walked Polish women will get you free shit. He's I'm like me and my sick wife of Polish woman on somebody. Arabic man. women will get you free shit too, man. Because yeah. me me and my me and my wife walked into the Apple store and I was like, Hey, I gotta return this phone, it's not working and they said, Well what happened? He goes, Well, I I think I you know, I think it got wet or something. They're like, Sir, if it got wet, we don't know how to help you and he was like, meanwhile, my wife was sitting there like a pit bull with a bag over its head snarling. And I'm like, look, I'm going to give you one more chance to fix this before I take the bag off her head and let, let her off the leash. And the guy's like, there's nothing I can do. And he's like, so I just took the bag off her head, let her off the leash. She went at him. Five minutes later, she come out. We got three free phones and a year's free service. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, that's Mandy, man. Nice. Like, if I have any kind of issue, like... Uh, when we've had uh, things with the website and I've had to deal with their tech support, dude, I hand the phone to her. Like, mm-hmm. dude, she gets shit done. Like, they're 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 Can't they're paying it. me to take their services at the end of the phone call. Here, <laughs> yeah, but just don't see, put her I'm back a, on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> position where, dude, with I've, my wife, if we if we have to handle shit in person, I have to do it. Yeah, if we do it over the phone. She gets to do it. Dude, interesting. I have witnessed her say to people. I have nothing to do but sit here all day and talk to you. I will wait. I was like, oh, that is why we are going to get married. That is great. That, <laughs> See, the uh, Earl right there. You, you, okay, you guys are like, okay, separately, you're cake with no frosting and frosting with no cake. Together, you're a cake that, I, that someone would actually go, oh, it looks like a good cake. See what I'm saying? Exactly. Like that works. She, you compliment yeah, yeah. each other. Yeah, well, absolutely. She, on the phone, you know, she's... She knows how to get it done over the phone. In in person, I mean, people just look at me and already they're intimidated. So if I get a little, uh, they're like, okay, we're right. just here. Right. Well, hey, speaking of free shit, you know what else is free? This podcast. Yeah. This is free for listeners. Although there are ways that you can support us. Yeah. That don't even cost you anything. Everything that you could do to support us doesn't cost you shit. Right. Well, not everything. They could donate to the show if they yeah. wanted to, if they well, really wanted true. to support us. Well, it doesn't cost them extra money to donate. So, you know, if you, if you toss us a 20, it's not like it's going to cost you twenty two fifty. You just toss Right. <laughs> right. You know. Or you could support us by going through our Amazon banner. Oh, the Amazon banner. Yeah, yeah. I got the UK. You don't pay anything extra for what you buy on Amazon, but we get a little bit of a kickback on that. I got the, and I got the UK and Canada coming online because I look at the downloads. I see where they come from. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always thought Amazon was just one. You can even giant uh, entity, but I, apparently you can get different shit on UK Amazon. And I heard also oh. that you can oh, yeah. you can uh, 
do your Prime account subscription through the banners. Yeah, and I just did. Well. I should. I should have did it and got the credit for myself. Yeah, you should have got just a signed up bit for of Prime. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn it. Oh well. I'll do it if I sign up for it. Live and learn. I might just can't I might just binge watch every episode of Warf and Black and then just cancel it. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's to be determined at this point. They're, Pretty good value though. No, their video they got they got a lot of good movies, they got a lot of good T V shows. Yep. And if t- you're getting shipped to stuff shipped to you already, then it's a no brainer. You get the ancillary benefits of the uh, the shipping with Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, it was pointed out to me you get Amazon Music, like everything you listen to you can download and keep. Books too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That came in when I signed up for Prime. That 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 came in handy because I was used to paying like a buck to a buck fifty per song, and I was amazed. And you know, I don't listen to top forty shit at right, all. Right. So I'm searching for stuff. It's on Amazon Prime. Download it and put it on your your phone right now. And I'm like, oh, that's free. We're still like, you know, like Amazon's okay. a sponsor. I mean, they kind of are. They kind of are. They kind of are. Yeah. Well, it's, they, but. The fact they, is, they everybody's come up with a decent model to get free advertising out of people, right? And everybody's using Amazon for one thing or another at this oh, point. Mandy discovered Amazon. So if you're throwing my, money at Amazon, throw a little bit our way. My too. list is huge now. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but it will come in handy for things like birthdays oh, God, and shit. Yeah, just go through and how great off is the that? List. How great is that? Oh, I think ahead. I was like, oh, yeah, build a list. Perfect. So uh, other ways people can support us. Uh, Even if they don't have money to support us with or buy stuff on Amazon with, they can support us just by rating the podcast. Yeah. You just click and you go through on the website. It just says, leave a review, and it'll take you to all the Christopher yep. Media podcasts. Or follow us on our uh, on our Twitter. At or Unregimented uh, Pod. Yep. At Unregimented on Instagram. Yep. Email the show, Unregimented, at ChristopherMedia.net. Yep. We post links to all our shows there, so if, uh, if you like our show or if you hear one in particular you think was really good, you can share it with other people. That's a great way to support us. And it's easy. At the bottom, uh, you go on the, the for the homepage. We have the every podcast that's been posted for the last week. There's a share button right at the bottom. You mm-hmm. click it. All your social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest. And they can also get our podcast directly from our website at yeah. ChristopherMedia.net. Net. Yes, and we're streaming now too. Nothing but net. Go tune in. TuneIn.com <laughs> uh, is a place oh, you can right. find it. Yeah, oh, we got it now. Everything's fixed. The last three episodes that were uploaded to the stream uh-huh. are what's in the player. Excellent. So if you want to hear the last, maybe you like Unregimented and the Weedsman and Sporgy. That's right. Like, or maybe you just like one and you never heard the like to, yeah. Like it's tomorrow, to all three of them will be in a row in the stream. There you go. You know so. That's cool, and it's a way. It's it's uh, what, what I've noticed just from the preliminaries. It's a way people on the desktops, yeah. you know, perhaps share work. You know, that's right. Maybe you know what a podcast is. You're like, what the fuck's a podcast? Or even so, like you might. I listen to podcasts on my phone, but sometimes uh, if I want to listen to something that's not downloaded onto my phone, I can just pull it up at work and listen to it and stream it that way without using up my own minutes. Yeah. That way too. Yeah, I can do that directly off the Christopher Media website if I want. Absolutely. To. Uh, but thanks everybody. Blah 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 blah. Had a lot of coffee. Thanks everybody who's been listening. Every every month's better than the last. Uh, so you're out there. You're listening. Share it. Tell people. That's how it works. We don't have no big fancy advertising budgets. Yep. Yeah. Good old word of mouth. Word of mouth and a work ethic because we're going to be back here next week doing this yes. and every week thereafter. Uh, thank you, Earl, for joining us again. And uh, we'll catch you next week, guys. 
See ya. All right. Later, guys. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net